You're listening to The Reaching In Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News. It's our hope that through listening to the content here, you'll grow in your love, knowledge, and obedience to Jesus Christ. This week, we have a discussion with founder of True Idea Apologetics, Adam Coleman. But I want to go back to something you said, though. And and again, you, know, you mentioned it being Black History Month and, and acknowledging certain historical realities. One of the things that, I, that is my pet peeve is that I think that much of Black history, and I really mean this, much of Black history has been de-Christianized. Mm. It's been de-Christianized. Mm. When I was coming up, I was kind of like you. You know what I'm saying? Black History Month, I mean, obviously you get Martin Luther King. We know he was a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, of course. Of course, you're going to get Harriet Tubman. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's going above and beyond, you might get Garrett Morgan. You might you might get a Benjamin Banneker. You know what I'm saying? If, if you got a teacher that's really going in, you know what I'm saying, in Black History Got Month, a lot of George right? Washington Carver. And uh, there you go, George <laughs> Washington Carver. You know, that's what you're you going to get. Now, here's, here's what's interesting, though, mm-hmm. is that when you actually go back and study a lot of these people's lives, you realize that they did what they did on the basis of their Christian convictions much of the time. We could talk about Frederick Douglass, who tells his conversion story in his autobiography, mm-hmm. right? As a matter of fact, I'm going to throw this in there for people who doubt. Actually, there was a, you know, I don't want to go too far afield, but there was a woman later on in his life that, you know, tried to be like a side chick. And she said that we could have got together. Her and Frederick Douglass could have got together had he not been a Christian. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's what she says. She was a straight up atheist from 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 Germany. Now it's very her name was Adelie Assing, and so and then also um, you have uh, Ida B. Wells who stood up against lynchings and so on and so forth. People need to check her out. She was clearly a Christian. Uh, we could talk about Henry Highland Garnett. We could talk about uh, Martin Delaney who wrote a he was considered one of the fathers of Pan Africanism. Wrote a book in which he described the biblical foundations as being foundational to to black people being able to move forward. We could talk about J.W. Le Guin. We could talk about so many ministers who had a contributing role uh, throughout the um, you know, with, with the uh, uh, Underground Railroad and so forth, or even going back to Harriet Tubman. I think that her story is de-Christianized because they don't really talk about, you know, her being, literally, she saw herself as being a missionary. Mm. That's how, she wasn't just somebody taking people out of slavery. She saw herself as being a missionary. Mm. And so I said that to say that because I think that the African-American story has been de-Christianized mm-hmm. and when it's being taught in these secular schools, what's happened is we've we've abandoned some of the Christian heritage is right under our nose, right here in America. And thus we don't see how Christianity was instrumental in being a, a, uh, a potent force against slavery, uh, you know, against Jim Crow and against all these things that's been sucked out of the history books. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm, let me just share this with you right quick. People don't understand. I call this the, the, the Farrakhan version of, of, of history, where it's like, okay, well, you got the Bible in one hand and the bullwhip in the other, and the slave master just beating Christianity into the slave. That's yeah. the that's the picture that we're given. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that we have records of enslaved persons in their own words talking about their experiences with Christianity. The fact that they would sneak away because they weren't allowed to have real services of, 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 of church or whatnot. You know what I'm saying, unless it was under the supervision of the slave master often, they weren't allowed to really praise God and serve mm-hmm. the Lord. So they would sneak off at night to what they called hush harbors. And they, they, there's accounts of them, they would like gather around a basin of water mm-hmm. and they would pray and they would be singing into it because the water muffled the sound. Because if they didn't do that and they got caught, they could be beaten or killed for worshiping Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have a gentleman who describes they would take wet blankets and they would surround themselves again to muffle the sound. They referred to that as their tabernacle. And mm-hmm. they did that because if they didn't and they got caught, they could literally be killed for worshiping Jesus. 
that's not slaves being beaten into Christianity. That's that's enslaved persons of their own accord bucking against uh, the the pseudo religion imposed by the slave master and worshiping the true Jesus. You know what I'm saying so a lot of people that we really got to do our, our do a better job i think of combating these lies that are still so prevalent today because it's just it's flat out false there is no worldview that has been more potent of a force against slavery and for the liberation of black people than christianity and that's a fact i'll i'll debate anybody on that wow. that is a fact of the matter you know what i'm saying wow you know that that is huge uh, that 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 is a very important point I, uh, my wife and i we've had conversations before about how certain groups have have they've latched on to the black plight in America and right. the civil rights movement and they've seen they've they're taking the tactics of the civil rights movement they're taking yeah. oh okay yeah. well well they got their freedom um, by doing these tactics not considering that all the prayer that was going on how people oh. of faith were involved Please. of Christian faith clearly Christian faith who were integral like the civil rights victories weren't just victories of tactics and and uh, of right. petitions and of uh, walk-ins and walk-outs. Like that's not, but you see these groups who are trying to, to, to latch onto it and take on these mm. other identifiers to achieve the same results. Because they're like, if liberation comes through these means, let's do it. But you're right, by taking out the spiritual element, they're missing something. They're fighting with oh, vocabulary words and pronouns and all these other things to try and latch onto. Well, we're suffering too. And you mentioned it, that if you listen to the secularized version of black history, it is just suffering. It's just That's a story it. of suffering upon suffering right. with no relief. And so the problem of evil becomes the issue of the day. And if anyone can give you some pride about you, some confidence, anybody that can make you feel good about who you are, being a black man or a black woman, you'll gravitate to it because right. what do you have left in your history to look to, to encourage you, you know? Right, right. Um, oh, I'll I mean, and so it's again, and, and so per perfect example, right? And I think I think we actually talked about this at Calvary before. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite accounts is of a gentleman named uh, Josiah Henson. Okay, mm -hmm. now Josiah Henson, we, we all heard the term Uncle Tom and so forth. Now the original Uncle Tom, you know, the, the Uncle Tom's Cabin, written written by Harry Beecher Stowe. That story was originally written to demonstrate the dignity of the African enslaved person. So it was not a derogatory term at first. It didn't become that till later on. Now, the character Uncle Tom, who's being put forth as the evidence that, that Africans were indeed human, he was based on a, a real guy named Josiah Henson. Okay. So Josiah Henson, uh, he, he escapes slavery, goes up to Canada, you know, lives a life of, you know, of abolition, you know, speaking all over the world. And in his biography, very interesting, at the end, Kind of, you know, towards the end of it, he's talking about how he just had this desire to go back to where he was from. Now, mind you, slavery is over by this point. This is after 1865 and so forth. But he wants to take his wife to, to see where he's from. Now, long story short, he brings her back and he remembers this flourishing plantation and so on and so forth. But when he gets there, it's, it's all just run down. I mean, everything is looking terrible. You know, all the, the brush is just kind of overgrown and so on and so forth. And he goes in. And uh, at this point, uh, his former uh, slave master uh, was deceased, but the wife was still there. You know, so he goes in to see her or whatever, and she's just kind of bedridden, very sickly, and so forth. She doesn't recognize him when he walks in, mm. and so he's trying to explain to her who who he is. And so um, earlier in his life, 
he had actually saved his slave master's life, you know, from being killed and in the process incurred some injuries. He received some injuries to his arms for which the scars never, you know, fully healed. He had these distinctive scars on his arm. Mm -hmm. So as he's explaining to uh, his, his former slave mistress or whatever, uh, who he is, he allows her to touch his arms to jog her memory. So she touches his arm and she says, oh, Sai, Sai. She recognizes who he is now. She called him, uh, his name was Josiah. She called him Sai for short. He says, oh, Sai, Sai, is what she says. I'm sorry to tell you this, but your master is dead and gone. Mm. And his response to her is this. He says, no, madam, my master is yet alive. Mm. And he was talking about Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And that right there really captures the essence of what it meant to convert to Christianity. For so many Africans, you're, you're dealing with this psychological oppression. It's not just physical. It's this idea that you're less than and you're worthy of just being a beast of burden. And it's liberating to say, no, actually, I belong to the king of kings. Mm -hmm. And so you may have my body, but you can't have my soul. Mm -hmm. That's what it meant to say that I belong to Christ. And so when you're talking about de-Christianizing the civil rights struggle, you're sucking out the heart of it because that undergirded so much of what it was that we were about. When you see guys marching up and down the streets talking about, I am a man, that's what they're harkening back to. I mean, there's a base level of, there's a foundation of value that goes along with being human. And they grounded that in being made in the image of God. I, I've got a, a presentation called uh, uh, The Image of God and the Black Experience, where there's various different abolitionists, civil rights activists, and so forth, who explicitly appeal to the concept of being made in God's image in their argumentation against slavery mm -hmm. and against the civil rights movement. Uh, when you look at um, so many abolitionists, again, I already named some of them, but they use, they use the Bible, including Frederick Douglass, they use the Bible in their argumentation against slavery and so on and so forth. So the fact that you have these individuals who are rooted in their, in their Christian convictions, utilizing the biblical worldview to overcome these kinds of things, and then you suck all of that out of the history books, right. people are, are missing it, that you just don't see that aspect of the civil rights movement. So you, you can't duplicate the civil rights movement, you know what I'm saying, by, and take Christ out. You can't do it. You can try to use the methods. You can try to, you know, march up and down the street. You can do all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You can wear signs, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you're missing the very essence of what it was that propelled and fueled the civil rights movement. That's mm. what people are missing. Wow. Wow. I mean, that, wow. That right there, folks, real, it, man. that was right worth the price of admission, folks, that you <laughs> cannot take out Christ from the civil rights movement and do it. the same results because, but yet many are trying, but as we can see, it was at the heart of the civil rights movement. It wasn't, if, if Christianity was solely seen the way we're told it was seen by popular thought, then why would they use it in their argumentation? That would be worth, it's like using the master's lingo to try and get them out of slavery. That doesn't make any sense logically, but. And, and be honest with you, and this, this, I don't mean to be inflammatory, okay. but many times we, we have, I'm just gonna say one of my pet peeves is when we have people today mm -hmm. who trample upon our forefathers and foremothers and oh, well, they were just brainwashed and they didn't know any better and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and they want to use that as a way to say, okay, well, see, they was brainwashing the Christianity. First of all, they haven't done their homework because if you actually look in the, um, the historical record, you have scores of accounts where enslaved persons are saying straight up that their slave masters aren't saved. And it says straight up that y'all going to hell. I mean, it's it, it's in the record. You know what I'm saying? So they knew how to distinguish between the real gospel mm -hmm. and the stuff that you know some of these other folks were practicing. They understood the difference. Now, fast forward to today, 
many people they, they don't even understand that they, they they just like they just gloss over it all they can't make that kind of distinction but the african ancestors that you know who actually endure these atrocities for which people today are so upset they understood the difference and i'm like well how come y'all can't get it today these people was going through it and they got it you see what i'm saying so you know people need to be careful you know that you know trample on on the heritage of our ancestors in their rebellion against god when those who actually endure this stuff clearly understood uh the difference between you know christianity the real deal and uh, what Frederick Douglass describes as the Christianity of this land, you know, what I'm saying, which is something you know uh, else we can get into. But wow, yeah. that's all the time we have for this week's episode. Join us next week as we continue our conversation with apologist Adam Coleman. Thank you for listening to the Reaching In podcast. If this content has helped you in your Christian walk, or you'd like to give us some feedback, leave us a comment. Also like and share this podcast with those that could benefit from it. And as always, keep pressing on and keep reaching in.